Every day we hoistle in at Pilots and Pictards Podcast. Welcome to the Pilots and Pictards Podcast. This is Jimbo, your anti-millennial, non-conforming, existentialist, pilot critic, and Kenny of the podcast. Unfortunately, Hoisters, the pragmatic, bleeding heart Cyclops of the podcast is out one more week. I promise next week he will be back as we continue HBO month. And the motherfucking magical Miss Mo, master of pilots, nobos, and spoilers. We're not sure when she's going to be back. Her father is doing well, though, so that's good news. So this is the podcast with nothing much to do about aircrafts, but potentially everything to do with the first episode of a filmic series. Disclaimer, petard is a word. It is a real word. Petards are bombs. Look them up. We would like to thank today's sponsor, The Life You Can Save, for this ad-free listening. Instead of buying some non-essential consumer item, donate, and you can save a life or significantly improve a life. We would like to throw a, a big fuck you out to Crooked Media for their crooked piece of shit ads. So contact us to sponsor a show or slander a rival. And if you are enjoying today's ad-free listening, then you owe us. We could stack never-ending crooked ads. We can make up sob stories about why we need your money, but we don't. Repay your debt by listening to more episodes, telling someone else about our podcast, or giving us that constructive feedback. So join us today as we cast judgment and determine if the pre-Jim Carrey Cable Guy series Dream On will be hoisted or not hoisted. That is the question. Three-time returning hoister now, Jacob Williams from the Punisher Body Count. How's it going, everybody? We have returning hoisters, Honest John and Zero. So, Honest John, Zero, would you like to say anything? The people's champ. I'm Zero, and it pretty much speaks for itself. Now for our background. Jacob Williams chose today's episode, Dream On, and I had never... I did not remember it, at least. So, Mr. Williams, would you like to hit us with your background for this show? Sure. Well, first of all, when you first approached me about uh, coming back on the show and you said that you were going to be doing HBO Month, you know, I, I thought it would be easy to do something like Westworld or Sopranos or something, but I figure it's your inaugural episode of HBO Month. Man, you got to go back. You got to yeah. go back to the beginning. And... I, I didn't really watch Dream On like as a kid. I mean, I caught it like here and there, but it's true time, guys. I mean, I watched it, you know, when I was kind of coming of age, hitting puberty. This was in circa 1990, 91. There was, there was, the internet was not really a thing. I mean, it probably was a thing. I don't know if Al Gore had invented it yet. Yeah, I think he had invented it. Okay, but, you know, it, it's still like DARPA and Usenet and all that kind of crap. So there was no stroke material, but you could always count on Dream On having some tits. I don't know. It always kind of stuck out in my mind. And then their clever use of the uh, cutscene footage, um, it's just really stuck with me over the years. And to be honest, I didn't even remember the name of the show. I just remembered what it was about and Googled it when you uh, asked me to be on. So I don't know. And I thought it'd be something kind of uh, interesting and different uh, for your audience. Nice. I do, I think we will have a very interesting conversation about it. I'm gonna add a little a little bit of background. It it is it is one of the first American sitcoms to use uncensored profanity and nudity. So so it was kind of groundbreaking in that sense. And also, most people will recognize the creators from a little show called Friends. You have you have Marta Kaufman and David Crane will a few years later make the sitcom Friends, which is uh, a little more than a cult classic. Anything else to add? Anyone? Zero? John, you guys got anything? Um, my background goes back to, I would say, Monday when I was asked if I wanted to be on the podcast. And I take I, I, I take it pretty serious when I watch my when I watch the first episode, the pilot. Uh, I'd like to talk about that later, but about four days background. OK, sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> I figured I thought I was about to hear this story, how, you know, he was up all night on Sunday watching it like back in the day. Yeah. I remember July 7th, 1990. It was a rainy day in Southern Oregon. Just like it was yesterday. He just was like stroking it, it to dream on too, you know. Yeah. All right. And unfortunately, Hoisters, I forgot to write the two sentence summary one more time. So I guess I'm just going to wing it. Uh, Martin grew up on television. After two years, he is finally forced to sign the divorce papers with his ex-wife. How will he 
handle this devastating event in his life. Stay tuned to find out if you should give a steaming pile of crap. That was two sentences? Yeah, I think so. Anyways, so part one. Part one, we're going to be spoiler free here. We're going to do high lows and we're going to evaluate the quality of the pilot for any listeners that haven't seen it yet that might want to watch it before they listen to the rest of our conversation. Jacob Williams, returning hoister, what what was your first impression? Uh, my first impression of the uh, pilot as a whole was just uh, how relatable it was. And I think that this is going to be a uh, reoccurring theme this episode. Uh, Martin Tupper, the main character, he's this uh, kind of lackadaisical, every man kind of thing, has failed his way into success, you know, maybe didn't have the best uh, uh, parenting growing up in terms of having uh, parents uh, be there for him. So as such, you know, he's kind of, uh, I wouldn't say nerdy, but he he's kind of like a grown-up Peter Parker if he didn't get superpowers and wasn't a super genius. It, I found it really relatable. I'm, I'm going to be real, Jimbo. Like, you're a, a former Marine, really good-looking guy. Like, you probably just didn't have these problems. <laughs> we might get to that in, in, in part three. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Um, I really resonated a lot with the character, and uh, around that time, my parents were going through uh, their divorce, seeing this like uh, alternate world where two people are having this calm, civil divorce. I don't know. It kind of uh, drowns out my personal uh, trauma with that. And then just that the show doesn't take itself too seriously. It knows what it's about. It knows it's about fan service and jokes and things like that. Like it, it doesn't try to be pretentious like Frasier or anything like that. And that's what I really enjoyed about it. That's definitely a high point, you know, the whole setup of the show. I think it got a little better on the second watching. I agree. The The first time I watched it, I almost stopped it like four times, was not interested at all, was not enjoying the, the old kind of cinematography. And just the quality of the, the picture on the screen, too, was kind of choppy. Um, That's your high point? <laughs> <laughs> But the, on the rewatch, it was definitely much more enjoyable. That's for sure. All right, Zero, jump in there. The flashbacks that Martin keeps having is what, what he would like to hear. I grew up with TV, too, and I could really relate to him. So uh, that was definitely a high point. I also liked uh, some, some of Judith's and uh, Martin's conversations, but I'll get back with that. There's a lot more low points in this episode than <laughs> high points. It's, uh, I mean, as uh, Honest John said, you know, the actual quality of the episode is not very good. Supposedly, it gets significantly better after the first episode. So that, so that could just be like a starting off type thing as well. I mean, to be fair, it did win tons of awards. Us judging it based off the pilot is not doing it justice. Yeah, I, I, that's what this show's about. Yeah. I think it's time to transition into some low points. Oh, wait, I, I didn't even get to say my high point. Zero cut me off. <laughs> <laughs> we, we can always bounce back and forth between highs and lows. You know, that's typically how it goes. Yeah. My, so the high points, cause, cause this was supposed to be a comedy. So I was expecting to like chuckle at least a couple times. And um, I liked the receipt scene when the first date came over and she's getting ready to sample the dish, and there was the receipt in there that clearly showed he didn't make it. You know, I thought that was kind of funny. And then the phone standoff between uh, Martin and Toby. I also like the introduction. Um, I like the the music in the background. It had a nice little guitar riff, little saxophone solo, and I thought it did a good job of like telling the the story of Martin growing up with the TV. And I thought that's kind of where the title "Dream On" came from. And then all those flashbacks, you know, with him going yeah. back to what, what he was was seen as a little kid. I thought that was cool. I actually didn't like the intro, but it does have like a cool little music thing. And it does maybe something cross between like Seinfeld and Cheers. It, it, it definitely has that, you know, that sitcom feel to it. I think it was a bit too long. Like I, I got the point. The kid grew up on TV. And then I think just from the intro, it really highlights the cheesiness of the show. And this this show was suffering from extreme cheesiness uh, i don't know if i agree with that but my whole life is built around tv and netflix and things like that you know 
and it's a great form of entertainment and knowledge. And we can, uh, you know, let's let, let's maybe touch on a couple things that uh, we all maybe had. The it seems like the Jacob Williams. You want to mention the acting? Oh yeah, that's uh, that was my low point. Uh, I think that the acting was a bit flat in here. Um, to me, I just got the sense that uh, every actor was just waiting their turn to deliver lines. Even uh, Wendy Malick, uh, who's gone on to do things like uh, Just Shoot Me, she's the uh, she's BoJack Horseman's uh, mother. E- even she's a little flat. You know, it's whatever. It's the first episode. Very few actors gave a uh, solid performance. And to be honest, I, I kind of think you got better acting out of some of the side characters than you did uh, the main cast. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I, but I would even add that the supporting cast was was weak as well. Well, maybe, but what does that say when they're stronger than the main cast? <laughs> One of my lowest points was was his best friend. Oh, Eddie Charles? Oh my gosh, Eddie Charles Eddie is terrible. Charles. The acting of, for Eddie Charles's character was just was Okay, just that, that's right. See, I like Eddie Charles, but I think I like the concept of the character and maybe not as much as the actor or the acting. So Yeah, so so a little more background. They actually drop that actor and then Eddie Charles' character comes back in the second or third season as a different actor. So they, they, they were just not missing, you know, the two actors as far as to the point where they wrote that character out and then brought him back as a different actor. And then I think we have to, there's another repeat one. I think we were just introduced to the worst character, maybe in television history. Mildith. No, Mildith? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I agree. Melkis. Melkis, yeah. yeah, Melkis. Melkis is absolutely disgusting. Like, everything about that character, so annoying, so terrible in every single way imaginable. I 100% agree. And you can just see, like, the portrayal of, like, the the woman made, you know, as a foreigner, heavy accent, yet talking English. Overweight. I think I think we can move on. Is it, anyone want to one more thing they want to throw out before we move? Mm, no, I'm good. Ter- yeah, terrible acting was was pretty much the the main low point. So bad that it like it, it looked like they were reading off of cue cards sometimes. They, they may have been. They may have been. Hoisters, we are going to move into our MVP. This is the most valuable part of the pilot. And so, Zero, why don't you start us off? What was your MVP? When uh, Martin and Jeremy are going to have a conversation about Richard, and it's almost like like Martin is interrogating him. Oh, but you know this and that. Oh no, man! You know she's. I, I thought that was uh, good. Good acting on both parts. Jacob, you want to follow that up? And I and I think what I'm about to say here, I think is going to show a little light on why I'm a little more positive on this than uh, you guys. Um, that was also my favorite uh, point. And again, for me, it's personal. Um, what I like about the scene was kind of the role reversal where Martin starts off with this interrogation, but it's the son saying, hey, no, it's not your fault. And we, we're we still going to love you and blah, blah, blah. Uh, again, for me, it's like a dream state. It's something surreal because I remember when uh, my parents got divorced, when my dad had that talk with me. Because, you know, truth time, my mom left my dad for another guy. You know, I'm having conversations with my dad and my dad's saying like, oh, he's a piece of shit and you need to tell him he's a homewrecker and tell your mom she's a slut. Kind of seeing this with uh, rosier glasses and something that I know is not real, but it's a comedy and it's something that I can laugh at kind of helps me deal with my own uh, demons. So just that scene was the highlight of the episode for me. Yeah, I also like like that scene. I think this transitions into Honest John and I's MVP as well. John, you want to roll with it? My most valuable part's kind of funny because the guy was never even in the actual episode, but it was uh it was Richard who seemed like um other than maybe the ex-wife having an influence on Martin like in his life and stuff, it seemed like Richard was like the second most influential person to Martin. And how he, you know, had that conversation with Jeremy and all those aspects. And it just seemed like Richard um, somehow stole the show, you know. And he also just seemed like a cool dude. Uh, He's a doctor, runs a homeless shelter, Mets fan. I mean, not that that's that awesome, but I would have went to the Mets game with Richard, you know, if Jeremy was my kid. Uh, Are are we spoiler free yet? Not quite. 
Okay. Yeah, we'll hold on to that. Yeah, so I agree. My MVP was Richard, which is relating back to that same scene. He is the focal point of the whole show. And I, I think the funniest parts uh, revolve around Richard's character. Try not to spoil it, but yeah, like you want to hate this guy so much and you can't. <laughs> <laughs> so on that note, I think we can move on. So now, the moment before the moment we've all been waiting for, are any of us going to keep watching this show? And although I think the, the episodes are going to get better, I have maybe a little intrigue, but I'm not going to make time to watch this show. In, the, in a perfect world where the episodes would be easy to find, because <laughs> they're not on the HBO Go or HBO Now. or They're nowhere. So how are you going to continue watching something that don't exist? <laughs> so I, I want to make sure, because I'm answering this theoretically. In theory, yes. <laughs> In theory, I would be continue watching this, yes. Honest, John? I would pass on continue to watch it. I did give it a rewatch, and I liked it a little better, the, the rewatch. But the older kind of quality of this stuff, and... Uh, if I watch a comedy, I'd like to laugh a few times an episode. Oh, there were some funny parts. In <laughs> I didn't, yeah, I'd, maybe when I was twelve or thirteen or fourteen and kind of a younger adult, and you know those puns would have been funnier, maybe. But there at this point, of... I, I would pass. There's humor. So zero, I think we know what you're stepping in. What are you going with? I would definitely uh, continue watching it, like I said, but I, I don't I don't have the option. When we're when we're spoiler free, I'll talk more about it. All right. So, sounds good. And so now, hoisters, the moment we've all been waiting for. To hoist or not to hoist, that is the question. For any new listeners, to hoist a pilot means it's a bad pilot. To not hoist means it's a good pilot. And so I think we might have a, 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 a tie here. So I'm going to give Zero a little bit of, of a bump. And Zero is going to be the one that, 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 that decides a split decision here. So I thought it was a pretty strong hoist, especially after reviewing over you know, almost 60 pilots now. I think this is a, a pretty strong hoist for a pilot episode. Jacob Williams? I've got not hoist. And uh, I know we had talked uh, about the show or before the show that a pilot can be good content-wise but still be a bad pilot. But I, I've got to go not hoist because, and I'm not the expert, but I'm set up to the thesis of the show, which is how Martin's going to deal with his divorce um, we have the antagonist, which is uh, Richard. We've got some good supporting characters like uh, Eddie Charles and uh, Judith. Um, I think we got the the flavor of the show and the setup of the conflict all in the you know in, in a good good well paced show with some funny moments. So I mean uh, I don't know I, I got to go not hoist based on that. The, I mean, yeah, that's that's pretty much our uh, criteria. I have a little different interpretation, but <laughs> well, that's why you, <laughs> that's why you bring me on is to for me to make you look smarter. So <laughs> no, sir. Yeah, I'm gonna I downgraded from a hello hoist to just a, a strong hoist after the rewatch. But this is not something I would ever recommend for someone to go watch if they wanted to laugh or you know, uh, unless they were like a. HBO fanatic and they, net, they had like a life goal or bucket list to see every series they ever produced. I wouldn't recommend it. Zero. What's it going to be? Uh, the first time I watched it, it would have definitely, I would have definitely have hoisted it because of that maid. If I did not, <laughs> I hated that maid and it ruined it for me for the whole series. Okay. Even though she wasn't in very many scenes, but it just ruined it. But the more and more I watched it, I realized there was a lot more involved in it than uh, some people's interpretation of it. I thought all the acting was good and everything. The more I watched it, the more I liked it. Is it a hoist or is it a not hoist? Not hoist. No, not a hoist, man. Listeners, you heard it. By split decision, Zero's bumping it to a not hoist. And now we're going to move into part two. This is our... Spoiler zone. We are going to run wild. If you haven't watched the episode and you want to, good luck finding it on the internet, but we're about to talk about it. <laughs> and we're going to start off with our Crabman Award. Hey, girl. Hey, Crabman. For any new listeners, the Crabman is a character with a small role, sentient being, giving way more than they are taking. All right, Zero. So, what, so who was your Crabman for this episode or Crabwoman? 
Oh, it was, it was, it was Toby. She would be a crap woman. Richard had such a huge effect on essentially three of the the six characters the whole thing showed. So that's why I nominated Richard for the crap man. I'm sure he is a a huge character throughout the series. I have no idea, but he actually only shows up on screen like in the last episode or something like that. Oh, really? And, and, and it, and it, it nice. was on I like six, Richard even more. It was on for six seasons. That divorce, divorce went on for six years. and Because and you don't see him until the last episode. Well, I was going to say, technically, the divorce is over by the end of the pilot. Yeah, that conflict is solved. In the So I'm actually o- opening back up. I'm going to say uh, I thought the whipped cream girl, sorry, the whipped cream woman, she was extremely sexy. Sexy voice practically nude to be shallow um she was the most enjoyable thing for my viewing experience and so i think she should go home with the crab and i think that it is maybe a, a slap in the face to the show because she doesn't really do anything for the show besides besides give someone a, you know a little bit of uh masturbation fuel no yeah. i don't know if, about that. i don't know how you brought that into the conversation <laughs> but if only they would have had nora as the whipped cream girl no, Nora wouldn't be involved with stuff Am I like supposed that. To know, Nobody is, knows it, Nora was Nora is. the first one? Nora was the first Norma. date that was cheating on her husband, called the husband from <laughs> Yeah, that was good, man. She, <laughs> she was, was, she was a potential Yeah, Nora woman. would have been a good uh, whipping yeah. girl. All right, Mr. Williams, what do you think, man? You, you uh, sway to anyone yet? No, I got to go Toby. Okay. To- well, I mean, come on. Like, Toby, just the, the backbone of... You know, uh, the the stare off they have with the uh, phone uh, on who is going to uh, answer it. And then she's telling that stupid story and she just has that New York accent that I imagine everyone there has. I mean, she probably gave the best performance uh, in that episode. Um, Just her personality. I think everyone knows someone like that. Like, I don't know. I found her extremely compelling and she was the only character that i felt did not have the right amount of screen time yeah i agree i felt like toby was uh definitely the most likable character in the pilot all right then on that note toby is going to go home with a crab woman award by split decision good i like that all right no so now we're going to jump into the mozone this is where we dive deep into the spoilers we're going to talk about the plot the pilot the characters we have a decent amount to talk about here. So, Jacob, why don't you start us off and, and let's just talk about Martin because I had I had a couple questions about him. Is this his first love? Like, did he marry his first love? And maybe we can transition from there. You know, honestly, I don't know, but uh, he acts that way. Two years and you haven't signed your divorce papers yet. And we can maybe jump into this also in the dangling threads to get a little outside the pilot, but... Uh, to me, that's that's alarming. First and only love. He's probably he's probably only had sex with, with one woman. Yeah, that. <laughs> well, <laughs> I would say that's true, especially with his encounter with the whipped cream girl. Yeah, he backed out of that. Honest, John Zero. I would have ran from the from the whipped cream lady. <laughs> I wouldn't want anything to do with her. Well, you would be the only one. <laughs> <laughs> And I would have had a dentist appointment, and uh, I'd only have six weeks to live. Yeah, you know, I, I would have went the same way as him on all those. I definitely would have had six months, uh, six weeks to live with that woman as well. <laughs> that was the only call. Yeah. I would have had no indigestion and no dentist appointment. But show, I'm with you, Jim. All right, so so let's so let's talk a little bit more about Martin. J- Jacob Williams, you know, he he had outstanding notes here. He he was up there rivaling the Garlands as far as writing essays. His is a lot more enjoyable reading. You know, it's it's not so <laughs> academic. You know, it's not like reading someone's dissertation. But let's jump back into Martin. What's up with this guy, Jacob? Well, it's clear that he doesn't relate to women. Now, uh, why is this? Um I, I can only speak for myself as another person who was never really that great with the ladies. And, um, you know, I've had people tell me maybe it was because I didn't have an older brother or that uh, my uh, biological dad wasn't uh, around much. So I didn't really have anyone showing me the ropes, which I definitely think is 
kind of what's the uh, case in uh, Martin's situation. But maybe worse than that is that he learned everything from TV, right? Where, you know, ridiculous gestures actually work or, um, I mean, especially in those days, being a little uh, sexually aggressive. I mean, I know this is outside of the universal uh, back footage, but uh, look at movies like... uh, Blade Runner or uh, something like that, where Harrison Ford practically practically rapes that woman, or even uh, Rocky when his uh, first date with Adrian, you know, very sexually aggressive. And not that Martin is like this; he, uh, he's a pretty chill guy. But my ultimate point is, he doesn't know how to interact with women because everything he's seen has been super unrealistic, manufactured in Hollywood, and even in this ridiculous sitcom, it still doesn't work. And yeah, and that's his problem. Yeah, I would add that that's that's why he's making up these ridiculous excuses because that's what I Love Lucy would have taught you, and that's what all these like crazy sitcoms from the fifties would have taught you. And so, in in his world, it makes sense that he's just absolutely awkward and weird. And is it because he grew up on TV, or does he just think about TV as his thoughts because he's weird? I'm not I'm not quite sure about that. You know, maybe that's you know like uh, nature versus nurture or something. Zero, John, what do you guys think? Jump in there. Well, I think part of Martin's is is definitely that that grew up on TV and it looked like a single mother type atmosphere where he was just kind of socially awkward, where he didn't have a lot of socialization probably as a kid or throughout his you know young adulthood. And then because he's grown up on TV, he thinks he's like really funny and he's not funny at all. You know, like his kids got a better personality than he does. That's one of Martin's main issues. That just carries on. He's probably got some mommy issues too, you know. Zero, would you like to jump in and then we'll give uh, Jacob Williams another shot? I, I don't see nothing wrong with Martin. <laughs> and I don't think he has, he can't make it with women because first of all, him and his ex-wife are going through the box and they pull out the the, the pine cones and the, the clay and the animals and the melted ice. That that was a rom- romantic situation. All those things. Yeah, good point there, Zero. What's wrong with him? I mean, if he were a real person, uh, I, I think I would see uh, what Zero's uh, point is. Uh, I think what I'm saying, what's wrong with him, is is more of his flaws as a uh, character. To dive in a little bit, the premise of the show with the uh, cutscenes and everything. I think I think all of us when we encounter situations in life they remind us of something we see on tv i mean how many times have you know you've been doing something with your friends and you quote something from a movie or tv and and i think this was uh you know one of the first shows to kind of have that uh cutaway gag um and i think that makes uh martin uh relatable uh even if it does make him a uh, daydreamer do we want to maybe touch on uh, Richard, and then and then and then we'll move on. So go ahead, lead us, Jacob. You, uh, I kind of like what you had here. My thoughts on Richard uh, again come from my uh, personal life. I remember one time I was uh, dating this uh, woman, and uh, uh, she had kind of met a dude who was a, a firefighter, and uh, I remember thinking to myself, "Dude's a firefighter, man." So that means he looks like those typical. Jason Momoa looking motherfuckers on firefighter calendars and, and, you know, and and talking with someone later on, you know, they told me that it's pretty uh, human for when you're left for another person that, you know, er, you know, your innate narcissism kicks in and, you know, you think you've done nothing wrong in the relationship or certainly nothing worthy of, you know, being abandoned. And so the, your mind plays the trick on you that the only thing that could account, you know, for what's going on is it that the person, you know, was near perfect because only someone perfect could be better than you. Hopefully that's what the writers were picking up on. And that's how they modeled uh, Richard because anything you do, Richard does better. And and, I mean, that's just the, uh, the, the premise of his character. You know, we've already said he's a doctor. Um, He's a, uh, you know, owns a, uh, uh, a homeless shelter, um, but yet still manages to spend time with uh, Jeremy. Plays guitar. <laughs> and I think later on, I think he's revealed to be an astronaut as well or something like that. Yes, he, yeah. <laughs> that 
idea of, of having to compete against that uh, perfect person is just something that's in- incredibly relatable uh, to me. And again, it's it's lucky for your listeners that this is an audio show because I look like the stereotypical trucker, 18-wheeler, over-the-road trucker guy. Uh, as someone who constantly feels, you know, inferior to uh, other guys when it comes to uh, romantic relationships, you know, the idea of Richard and Martin's insecurities really resonated with me. It could even be like maybe Richard is being exaggerated inside of Martin's head. Like maybe Martin's telling this story and maybe Jeremy wasn't all that reasonable. He just kind of remembers himself being in the low point and just kind of is misremembering everything to kind of add to some of the ridiculousness of what is going on in the pilot as well. Yeah, could be. I don't know. All right, Zero, John, you guys got anything? Do you think there was any symbolism behind Martin uh, and the Statue of Liberty? Let's say that the Statue of Liberty stands for freedom or something like that. And Martin's looking at that saying, you know what? I'm finally free, man. We're done. Divorce is over. I'm going to grow up now. I'm going to start moving ahead. And it doesn't have to be sexual things that motivate a man to forget about his wife. You know, you just got to be grown up about it. That was deep, Zero. So, like, he's he's looking at the Statue of Liberty saying, you know what? I'm liberated, man. I'm free. Actually, he kind of seemed like he was more in a downer position. So, so to me, it was it, it was a bit ironic. He looked depressed as well. Oh, you hell. can't judge his yeah. position by yeah. it. He has a decent amount of freedom. He, he has a de- decent amount of opportunity. And he's still upset because he can't have his ex-wife. So, I, I thought it was more of an ironic scene. But, yeah, the symbolism for, for the statue was excellent. I think it's time to move. All right, Hoyster, so now we are going to move into the Put It Anywhere Guys quest for the best and worst pilots, and we're going to place the first episode, the pilot for Dream On, into our running list. Our running list is 50-something pilots as of right now, and this pilot needs to be near the bottom, but probably not as low as, as I initially thought. Yeah, I was hoping I would kind of win some sort of YZO award for for a minute. Does does someone win an Does someone win an award if they suggest a pilot that uh, reaches the bottom? Definitely, definitely, man. You were <laughs> almost there. I feel like it should be below Sons of Anarchy. Just from my latest podcast, I did. I didn't see the rookie. Um, I haven't seen Buffy, but I know it's got to be better than Buffy. Yeah, it's definitely better than Buffy. Um, how about old? Zero, what would you say as far as uh, how would you compare it with The Rookie? Uh, the, the Rookie is probably the worst series I've ever seen in my life, a pilot. I absolutely hated it. Okay. I would say that uh, this is definitely better above Alex Inc. You think so? You really like that kid from Alex Inc., though. Yeah, Alex Inc. had one extremely strong character. Yeah, you just might not have seen it. Yeah, before. but you guys did. I don't even. I think we you hoisted it. Oh, we definitely hoisted it. Yeah. <laughs> I've seen Alex Inc., and I say Alex Inc. is better than this one. No, let's put it below Al- Alex Inc. I think that's fair for now. Jacob Williams, get with Drew. Okay, Drew could could definitely bump it. You know, hoisters. If you have a problem with Sons of Anarchy, the rookie. Or dream on. You need to you need to collude with Drew. Drew could sway these ones. Not the rookie. Nobody's ever going to accept that. <laughs> All right. So we have a new fifty-five. The new fifty-five. Close, Jacob. That's all right. I'll get him next time. Yeah, you'll get him next time, man. Just keep trying. <laughs> you know the bad shows make good conversations, though. Yeah, that's true. It wasn't a bad show, though. What What's currently at number one? End of the fucking world. That's it's on. Uh, that's a uh, a Netflix. It, it, it's a it's a BBC show. Or no, sorry, it, it, it's a British show. It came on Channel Five, which I guess means something if you're in the UK. But uh, it's it's strong. I would recommend that man. It's twenty minutes, dude. It's it's uh, very good. I'll keep it in mind. Part three, hoisters. We're gonna go outside of the pilot. We're gonna talk about themes related to the show but we're not really going to spend much time talking about what happened in the show and so for the first section we have to the stage the stormy daniels dangling threads of interest stay tuned for some stormy news next week when drew returns this show and jacob talked about it a little bit earlier 
Martin doesn't know when to stop pursuing his wife. And I think this is a common problem with men. This idea that no doesn't mean no, like no means keep trying. And for any, for any hoisters out there, no, certainly, definitely, 100% means no. So like men, stop harassing women. It's perfectly okay if they do not like you. Most aren't going to like you. Yes, unfortunately. That's just the way life is. But yeah, this idea that like no means keep trying. We need to get that out. If you have any young people in your life, teach them that because in the future, you know, the law is not going to be nice to young men, rightfully so. I, I think there might be a dangling thread on, on this show here because uh, when we first started recording, and I don't know how this will line up, you know, I was talking about uh, relating to uh, Martin and, and not being successful with the uh, ladies. You know, but but what about you, uh, Jim? Uh, have you been successful with the ladies? I mean, are are you a playboy? Uh, what's going on with that? I don't think so. I I was I would say I, I was definitely a late bloomer. I didn't even kiss a girl till after I graduated high school. So so very late bloomer. Yeah, keep that to so, yourself. So not popular <laughs> with the ladies. <laughs> Growing up though, like isolated. You know, we we lived. A uh, half mile down a dirt road and there wasn't a lot of like I didn't I you know we didn't live in the city so there wasn't a lot of people to play with it was you know it was me and, and honest John just playing sports and video games and fighting every day I used to have to steal my parents cars to go see the ladies yeah and I and I was the better son that didn't steal cars in the middle of the night but it sounds like John was an early bloomer then honest John was very good with the ladies he he had some of the most popular ladies in high school for show Okay, so it's more like you, you're also with me in relating to Martin. Yes, yes. But Honest John's like, what the fuck are you guys talking yeah, about? Yeah, he has no idea. Martin didn't oh. catch my interest. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, uh, yeah. That's why he wanted to hell a hoist, you know. There's nothing to relate to. No, there's this. nothing to relate to for Honest John. I'm more like Eddie Charles. <laughs> <laughs> Just talking to chicks in their lingerie like it's no big deal? Yeah, there could be a guy in there. I, you know, I'm no homophobe. Yeah, well, you know, this this actually relates to my next dangling thread. It has to do with sexism and nudity. And and the show actually makes up for it in later seasons. They do start adding some males in in into the nudity. But there's but there's a quote from what was his last? Landis is a director. He's he was I think he directed Animal House, but but he there was definitely pushback about women being naked on, on the show and it kind of being a sexist show. They also called it a titcom. And so when he responded to that criticism, he said, quote, it means we have breasts in the script just for the sake of seeing breasts, period. Excuse me, but what's so bad about that? And I mean, that, that quote doesn't hold up too well in uh, today's day and age. But luckily, you know, there is there is some women behind the scenes. I already mentioned Marta Kaufman is one of the creators and she was one of the writers. And so they do start writing in some male characters to be nude, which to me, you know, seems fair. Like because Martin in the in that scene, he's completely clothed and the girl is practically naked wearing whipped cream. So, I mean, that does that seems to be a little a little off, at least. I mean, I let's be real. I think a lot of those sitcoms in the late 80s, early 90s, I mean, to I mean, look at the television model back then yeah. for those who weren't alive. I mean, most people just had rabbit ears, which just means you got NBC, CBS, maybe, or Fox was just now coming on the scene. And that was the point of Married with Children was they needed to generate buzz quickly. So they had something really shocking. And if I remember correctly, this was only HBO's second original series and it was their first original comedy, right? So they had to push the uh, envelope a little bit. But I was actually listening to a uh, interview. Uh, it was more like a uh, panel with uh, the main character. What's his name? Brendan or something like that. Uh, that Ben Ben. His last name is Ben Ben. Yeah, Brian Ben Ben. It was a panel with him and the uh, creators of the show and stuff like that. And they were addressing the uh, nudity. And they were saying that while its portrayal on the screen is obviously a little misogynistic and, and that sort of thing, uh, tits for the sake of tits. But uh, they were talking about during, you know, the women were told, you know, well ahead of time that there would be nudity. Um, though the woman casting director was the one to, you know, screen them. So there was no casting couch bullshit. And even uh, Brian would right before the scene would, basically have a safe word and say, Hey, if you're uncomfortable with this, uh, let me know and we can stop. And 
it it doesn't appear to me now obviously these people could be lying but it didn't appear to me that there was any um oh shit what's that guy harvey weinstein activity going on well that's good so at least there's that i I don't know if that excuses it but uh what's funny is what you were saying a minute ago about it being called a uh, a titcom i was recently uh watching a review of an anime the other day and they were like this director has this because uh, he's talking about a a shower scene in this anime and this director you know was driving home a message about misogyny and tits and all this thing and that message being it's fucking awesome and i feel that's kind of what uh they were doing there all right on- honest john zero you got anything to add i don't know how much the quote holds holds up because i think you got to look at like the audience too right like this is hbo's first uh show that's gonna be showing nudity and cursing and stuff so i think it's probably directed more for obviously older male things and they knew that that would sell i'm sure that had something to do with with the the nudity and all that but also like with uh, that the lawyers and lingerie part it just kind of showed like the times and how much homophobia there was because you had like the three women just in their lingerie completely naked other than the the bra and panties then you have the male in the lingerie where he just has his bottoms and he's got a suit top on like come on man that guy wants to be topless out there too you know that that's where they could have uh been equal there well yeah that's i, I think that's the point with, with the sexism is it's not equally distributed between both sexes and i i think the main problem with the quote is just be honest if you're doing it to to get viewers then just say you're doing it to get viewers and i would say that landis is looks a little worse like being from animal house where they have a pretty famous rape scene yeah i don't know rape is bad okay okay <laughs> yeah i don't know i don't believe that they should have sex or nudity well, in, in, in any show what's your biggest problem with having nudity in film well it takes away from the story useless time you i don't want to see no guy's ass okay <laughs> i actually i get i there's been shows before that I hated because if I had to see that guy ask one more time in, in a half hour, I, you know, I just hated it, you know, but it had nothing to do with the plot. I, I would agree with that. I think in almost every single instance, nudity is doing little to nothing for the actual plot. So yeah. I actually agree with you on that. I know I'm, I'm an old guy, but I don't find it arousing. But this, uh, what are you laughing for? <laughs> No, I don't. I don't. Probably best I don't go into the details of why I'm laughing. <laughs> but anyway, you know, and some shows are really good, and they just waste too much time on this on the sex. You know, if I could chime in on that, I to me it it depends, right? Like, it, what's it doing for the uh, story? I'm not going to say I never want to see it because um, that certainly isn't the case, and. Maybe I'm getting more uh, morally conservative as I uh, get older. But take, for example, uh, Jessica Jones. I hoisted that personally uh, after like 30 minutes into the show because uh, where they have basically pornographic uh, sex, you know, between her and Luke Cage, it was doing nothing for the story. It was shock value for the sake of shock value. And it just really turned me off from the show. So... I hate it. But let's move on. So, Zero, we had talked about how long does it take to get over someone. So, Zero, how long does it take? I would say a minimum of probably half hour. (laughs) (laughs) Somebody doesn't like you, and they tell you right to your face that they don't like you, and then they they leave you and move in with somebody else. How are you going to prevent that? What are you going to do about it? So. Show her some pine cones and melted snow. Yeah. So I, I, I can toss out a personal story as well on this one. So I had my first love. I was, I think, 27 years old. And I had never been in love before. I never told a girl I loved her. And, and that breakup hurt pretty good. And I would say it took me a good nine months where I was still in the denial phase where I thought she was going to come back. It was, I mean, in hindsight, it's so stupid and so sad. It's like, and she was nice because I'm a nice guy. And so she, like, like Judith in the show, didn't, wasn't mean to me. She kind of just, you know, maintained a relationship because 
she wanted to be nice, but it was just so clear, man, in hindsight. Oh my gosh, what a pathetic. And for me, like the answer was really finding someone else to occupy my time a little bit. Not that I started dating someone, but just meeting some other people and like having someone to text with and kind of talk to and forget about the other person. So I could see it lasting two years. Like, I don't think that's that much of a stretch for some people. Oh, I don't know. I think two years might be just a little bit past the expiration date. (laughs) uh, I think also it's probably different now than it was back in internet dating so much different now. Yeah, totally. Martin, Martin could have got on Tinder. Well, Martin had all Charles, uh, Eddie Charles's hand me down. So he practically (laughs) had Tinder back there. That was like the original Tinder. All right. Well, we are, we have super dangled that one. So let's, let's move into the Petardar. We are going to give our recommendations for our listeners based on our viewing experience today. And I have a couple. I'll, you know, I'll just rattle them off. I think this show definitely precedes Cable Guy. Cable Guy does it a bit better, probably thanks to Jim Carrey and a little better storyline. And then 40-Year-Old Virgin also does it a lot better. Granted, I think these both of these movies are, are kind of learning from Dreamon's mistakes. And so Dreamon should get credit. For, for maybe influencing both of them. Well, I don't even see how there's any similarity. Well, Cable Guy is pretty much the same exact thing. A, a guy that grows same up on story. TV, 40-year-old virgin is someone no that cannot move on with their life because they're really awkward with women. So that's well, that, I, I was going to maybe add uh, Beavis and Butthead. It's kind of similar. <laughs> Those guys were like raised by MTV, you know, and they, they – they super thought they were super awesome, but other people not so much, you know. I'm going to recommend uh if you don't want to invest in Dream On but you kind of want that awkward uh sexual humor, I'm going to recommend In Betweeners, which is a uh British show. I like to describe it as the uh, British American Pie. Ooh, that sounds interesting. Oh yeah, it's phenomenal, man. Oh yeah, and I think it's on Netflix and in, it's like four seasons but it's a british uh, season so it's only six episodes per season so yeah that sounds so yeah in end of the fucking world is also it's like eight episodes dude they're 20 minutes long it's all yeah it's great poor work what? ethic in britain <laughs> actually do, do you guys know why that they're only six uh because they like good storytelling dude they're not idiots <laughs> well, what's the real reason the reason that i had heard and take it with a grain of salt is that British TV writers, like the people who originally created it, want to be the ones to write the episodes and they don't want to burn out the writers. So they only do six uh, episode seasons. Whereas in an, um, yeah, whereas in an American TV show, you have a bunch of different writers writing a bunch of different episodes. So in the British, you know, they, they value their literature and their storytelling. Yeah. Well, they're definitely smarter. So they got, they're onto something. No, you don't know that. All right, Zero, what's in your petardar? Dead Men Don't Wear Plaid. It's probably a 1980s movie with uh, Steve Martin, and it, it actually does the reverse of... Okay, it does, it does the reverse of Dream On. He puts himself in old movies, so it's kind of, you know, related with the flashbacks anyway. We are going to jump into part four. Part four is our fun part. We are going to do Petard Trivia. These will be very trivial questions, but as I mentioned earlier, championship title on the line. Mo, she had to forfeit her number one contender, so we will be having that championship petard trivia. You know, I wish Mo's family a speedy recovery, but I can't help but notice that she chickened out, and I prepared, I scoured the internet for the interviews, and I even wore my Karate Kid t-shirt to defend my title. But the option is always open, Mo. Come get it. Come take the title. And Jacob, if you are if you are willing to accept this challenge, and we are gonna propose a Royal Rumble three man winner goes home with the championship title. Yeah, I dig it. Can, can, can I ask one question before you start the trivia? Sure. We cannot give our buzzards in, until after you say the end of the question. That's incorrect. Okay. Okay. No, I was asking a question. No, that's not the way it's going to go. That wasn't a question either. Okay, but thank you. Yeah. Champion, Jacob Williams. His buzzard's going to go like this. Boy, oi, oi, oing. And we have number one contender, Honest John. His buzzard's going to go like this. Ding. 
and we have special uh, uh we have we have uh yeah we have He's zero special. joining in yeah zero <laughs> budget's gonna be <laughs> Zero's buzzer is going to go like this. Beep. And these will be five questions with a beach ball tiebreaker answer. So everyone understands the, the tiebreaker answer is going to be a, a ginormous beach ball. There's going to be no multiple choice. They will all be closest or best answer. And there will be one point each. Question number five is going to be worth two points. So question number one. Closest answer will win the point. Dream On is considered a groundbreaking sitcom because of its use of uncensored boing, language. Boing, boing. Uh, Jacob Williams? Uncensored language and nudity. That is not correct. Honest John, I also, I, I, I heard you uh, buzz in there. Um, well, unless the verbiage is wrong, I'm going to say uncensored profanity and nudity, but that's pretty much the same thing Jacob said. So you're both wrong. Zero, would you like me to actually ask the question? Uh, yeah. Oh, the question. I didn't know I could get the question. No, you didn't. <laughs> they can't beep no more. Dream On is considered a groundbreaking sitcom because of its use of uncensored language, period. How many times is the word fucked used in the first episode? Go ahead, Zero. Closest answer, we'll get the point. Once. That is correct. It was used one time. Damn it. Zero jumps in for one point. Yeah, you guys, you know, early bird doesn't always get the worm. Question number two, best answer will get this point. Which U.S. president slash presidents? Oy, 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 oy. Zero was the first one. To... Ronald Reagan and uh, Abraham Lincoln. Zero is going to get that point. the uh, The correct answer was was Ronald Reagan. So I'm not I'm not going to I'm I'm not going to discount him for having for having an extra president in there. I'm pretty sure Abraham Lincoln was never on the big or little screen, but that's okay. We're, no. Oh, he was. No, no he, he was. He was. Yeah, he was he in was, one of the flashbacks. Yeah. Uh, an actor playing Abraham Lincoln. Yeah, it wasn't the real A. The president but... Abraham Lincoln was, was definitely not in there. Oh, obviously. Zero has a two-point lead, you guys. This is... I know it's embarrassing. Yeah. Question number three. Closest answer will get the point. Where did the thought bubbles in the first episode come from? Okay, let me build a little more context. So Martin is the main character. He has these thought bubbles of of older clips. Where oh, did boy, those thought bubbles? Jacob Williams. It came from the Universal back catalog pre nineteen sixty. Jacob's gonna, gonna going to get that point. Well, how would we know that? Yeah, so it was Universal Studios vast library of of ancient B dramas. It also had four hundred hours of. The Shields Playhouse and Craft Theater, along with some other 50s anthology series. But but Jacob Williams will get that point. That was in the pilot? I never heard him say that. Those are the cutscenes. Okay, question no, number four. We have uh, Zero's got the lead, two points. Jacob won. Honest John coming in with uh, a very honest zero. <laughs> hey, don't use zero. Don't get confused here, bud. Question number four. Best answer will get the point. What excuses does Martin give to get rid of his dates? Thrill, bing, beep, beep. Zero's first to buzz in there. The first excuse he used for his first date was that he had a dentist appointment. The second excuse he used for his second date, he, he was going to die in six weeks because he wanted a lasting relationship. And there was a third one, uh, whipped cream girl, and he, he never gave a reason why. He just got up and left. I'll accept that answer. Well, I was going to complete the answer. The whipped cream gave him uh, an upset stomach. But technically, technically, he didn't give give an excuse. But yes, yes, he he probably did. He probably gave that one up. So Zero will get that point. It sounds like Zero is going to go home. With no, it's worth two points. I can catch Jacob up. Jacob can get two points. Ty, come sorry, on. Bud. Sorry, Jacob. Yeah. Question number five. So Honest John is out of the ring. I'm not even sure if he was playing. <laughs> Honest John over the top <laughs> rope. <laughs> This is actually part of the plan, boys. It's going just like we planned it here. Yeah, watch gonna, this next he's one. He's going to come back in with a chair or something, right? So yeah, watch this next one. Okay, question number five. Worth two points. In the closing credits, what two statues? Ding. Honest John. The one statue was uh, Lady Liberty, the Statue of Liberty. And, um, you know, I'll take my half point just so I didn't get shut out. 
No, that's just one point if you got half of it. It's a two right. point quote. Okay, I'll take the full point, then that's fine. Boy, boy oing, oing, oing. Okay, Jacob Williams? This is going to be a complete Hail Mary because it's New York. I'm going to go Statue of Liberty and the Wall Street Bull. That would be incorrect. So Honest John does have partial credit. Zero, can you complete the answer? Mm. I guess it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter. No, it doesn't matter. The correct answer is the General William Sherman statue. It's all gold. He's riding a horse and there's like a little angel thing that has a bow and arrow. And that's that's in Central Park. That's on the that's on the southeast oh. southeast part of Central Park. The other one is the Statue of Liberty. So Honest John will get one point for that. Honest John back into the ring with the chair to Jacob. And Zero is going to go home with the title. You know, everyone counted him out. You know. <laughs> All right. So Zero, as as the new Petard trivia champion, do you have anything to say to all the fans out there? Well, he brought his own trophy. Yeah. I don't know if you can see this or not. That was given to us courtesy of Tracy Trophy. Thank you, Tracy Trophy. To, so we could pass the trophy from champion. Yeah. Okay. You never get to keep it. It just goes from me to Jacob or from me to Honest John. All right, Hoisters. Next week, we are going to jump into a newer HBO show. It will be announced shortly. So you can check our, our our website to see what we'll be watching next week. I we do have a another special guest next week, Sebastian Robertson. Some of you might know him in Southern Oregon from Channel What Zero, Channel Ten, KTVL. Sebastian. Sebastian will be joining us next week, and Drew will be back. And so plugs, we would like you to go onto but why though community and read some of Drew's superhero reviews we would like to thank jake drew for our intro and outro music you can find jake drew's information in the show notes and you can get him to write you your own intro or outro music and as always follow us on twitter instagram join the facebook group and of course follow our blog and participate in those pre-recording discussions and go in there leave some comments let us know what hbo shows you want to see because we're going to be building a schedule sooner than later for HBO month. All right. So gentlemen, I'd like to uh, thank you very much for uh, coming on. I think we had a good episode. And we got babies to take care of. I want, I want to uh, <laughs> thank you uh, for having me on Jim. This was a, a great time as always. Uh, you know, I'm going to have to come back and take another shot at the title. Yeah, 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 definitely. Hey, Jacob, I'd like to challenge you for contendership sometime, you know, because I, I thought I was going to win tonight, to be honest with you. Yeah, no, I, I thought I was going to win, dude. I was scouring the net for all kinds of uh, trivia and, and related to this. I, I listened to a uh, that 30-minute panel with the cast and uh, writers on, on the way home today. Mm, Torturing yourself. Funny thing, uh, Honest John you know, was bragging about, about how he's going to beat you. You know, he, he even, he even discussed some like intimidation. He's going to wear the Punisher mask. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I was going to bring it. So the first time I talked to him, he hadn't even finished watching the pilot. I said, dude, you better watch the pilot again, do some research. Like, Oh no, I'm not going to research anything. And I was like, okay, good luck, man. It, it showed. It showed. I re I did rewatch the show. Come on, let's be real. The the Statue of Liberty was probably a guess. No, actually. No. Oh, was it? Okay, you actually watched the, all the credits? Well, because I was trying to figure out who did the opening music in the intro. Uh, okay. So that I was actually looking for names, and yeah, then there was uh, Martin by himself at the Statue of Liberty. Obviously not there, but. The, the women that he went out with, the three they showed, Eddie set him up with all three of them. And one was married, one was a psycho, and then the other one was what? Uh, was the whipped cream Mast girl. Mastodus? Yeah, yeah whipped cream girl. Whip cream girl. Yeah. You know? That's not me, what he... Yeah. He wanted to meet somebody that maybe went to church or goes buys some groceries Clearly he didn't. Like he could have went to church to meet a woman. Yeah, so we've... we've, we've div you know, we've, we've uh, dove back into part two here. So, uh... Well, zero got all yeah. deep. I'll go, I'll go cut that back in. You know, zero zero must have seen seen some notes he overlooked. No, he, he had a flashback. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a cut scene. <laughs> yeah. But no, uh, Jim, thank you uh, for having me on the show. It was a great recording with you, uh, John and Zero. 
uh, zero. Yeah. I'll be sure Jake, to uh, send pleasure. you some uh, Punisher body count stuff. And uh, for okay, all you great. listeners, be great. sure to check out PunisherBodyCount.com. You can also find us on uh, iTunes, Stitcher, and now on Spotify. And honestly, if you just Google Punisher podcast, we we should be the uh, top results. Award award winning Punisher podcast. Award winning Punisher podcast. And there will definitely be a link in our show notes as well. You know, if we talk about all things uh, Frank Castle, the uh, TV show, the uh, movies, the comics, the fan fiction, and really our show is really just two and a half two and a half hours of dick jokes most times. So you know. All right, so you know where to go for dick jokes, and you know where to go for the Punisher. Are they all Frank Castle-related dick jokes by chance? Uh, no, they are not, though we do have okay. a lot of... Uh, we've even had some uh, analingus jokes related to Frank Castle, um, but we've also had uh, one of our recent uh, popular ones was about the Allegheny Trucker Sucker. Have you, uh, mm-hmm. have you heard of the uh, Alleghenies? It's a uh, mountain, uh, it's a patch of the uh, uh, Appalachian Mountains, um, and apparently there's a uh, mythical uh, hitchhiker that uh, walks up and down the Allegheny Path looking for 18-wheeler truck drivers to uh, give fellatio to. Oh, interesting. Well, oh. hey, you said you look like a truck driver if you're looking for a little fellatio. You know where to go. I know where to go, Yeah. <laughs> I also just learned that Frank Castle is the Punisher's name, so that's good information. <laughs> oh, I could have told you that. All right, boys. Well, I think I should get going. Um, once again, thanks okay. again. Every day we're hoistling on this Every out. day we're hoistling. Or hoisting. Every day we're hoistling. Jimbo out. <laughs>